Hey guys, this is Tal and welcome to Den Talks, where we feature successful people from all walks of life taking us on their journey of self-discovery. Today we're here talking with Amanda Seyfried. She made her movie debut in Mean Girls, was a star of Mamma Mia, Big Love on HBO, and so much more. In this episode, she's really honest about what it was like being a kid struggling with undiagnosed OCD. She explains how she began to accept her OCD and anxiety and how that actually began to normalize her. The honesty behind her struggle is such an inspiration to us all and a reminder that when you do learn to love yourself in totality and lose the fear of looking inwards, all of life starts to make sense. But make sure you stay tuned for Amanda's personal practice at the end of the podcast where she shares a Terrence McKenna quote that you can incorporate into your meditation and contemplation. so lucky to be sitting here with my dear friend, Amanda, say your last name so we don't all butcher it. Seyfried. See, nobody says it right. That's why I purposely didn't say it. Nobody. It's not spelled the way it sounds. How would you spell it? S-Y-F-R-I-D. Take the E's out. I remember it was one of the first conversations you and I had and I was like, yeah, that's, nobody says it right. It's okay. Yeah. So I get sent out with her who's been an actress since, when did you start acting? Um, professionally when I was 15. Baby. Oh, and just so everyone knows, the sounds you hear in the back, we've just been, like, smush cuddling with her amazingly beautiful daughter, and who's now hanging on the hammock and playing, and is just, just so happy cute. baby. She is so happy. Such, and has your eyes, which I love, both of you, but both of you have fairly large eyes. We do, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Mine are much further apart than Tommy's, but oh, stop. I, I think, I think she's, like, somewhere in the middle, but... When she wakes up in the morning, she looks like me. And then the rest of the day, she looks like Tommy. Interesting. There's a transformation. Yep. So let's just start with you being a mom since we're just jumping in right there. I mean, you've done so much since 15. I mean, actress, model, singer, songwriter. You've done play. I mean, you do it all. You own a farm. You garden. You're crafty. I mean, you really do do it all. But now you're a mom. So how has that been adding that into the equation? It's exactly as it should be. I've never felt so full. I mean, I'm busy. I'm a really busy, busy person in my head, and I can't really stop moving um, physically either. But now that I'm a mom, there's some kind of weird grounded sensation. I feel very, feel very calm. It might be because um, I went up um, a little bit on my medication. (laughs) Um, but I'm pretty sure it has to do with the fact that I was very ready to be a mom. You wanted to be a mom. I wanted it so bad. Um, I had met the person that was meant to be the father of my children and my partner and, and everything came into place. And I mean, I also got to say, I'm going to give you props because when Den opened up, I start, I really explored meditation in a different way um, because it was a really hard time for me. And I don't know, everything kind of collided in a way that made sense and felt safe. And I was, and, and she came into the world in, 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 in a really good, at a really good time. But I love that or you maybe s- I created her at a really good time. Yeah, but I think it's, I mean, you were just saying you feel calmer than you've ever felt in your life. Yeah. And even really open in the past about being on meds and 
having anxiety and OCD. It's like the OCD is almost like one of my favorite parts of you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has its benefits. It gives. It, has, it does give. It gives and it takes. We get a lot of crafty From things. Me. She redid our entire, I mean, this is a fun tidbit. She's redone twice. You actually started it. Our entire um, phone check-in system where one day she's like, these cards are not going to cut it. And she went home. She took every number and letter and laminated everything for us and came back. Yeah, it was last year right after my birthday after I'd, you did I'd it gotten my twice. machine. Yeah. By the way, you're like, okay, you lost them. Let me redo it for you. Yeah. I was almost lost when we opened up this den because I'm like, well, what oh, are we going to do? What did you do? We did it without you, but we're happy to wait for another round. Okay. I mean, it, it gives me great pleasure. <laughs> I know it does. It does. But it is something you've talked about openly about. So how long have you struggled with like anxiety or OCD? Is it something you, do you remember a beginning I or remember, was it always part of you? I remember when I was, when I could, when I started remembering, um, probably when you, when you can rem- have memories when you're five or six or something like that, I remember being really scared, having a lot of separation anxiety and needing to cope um, with these weird rituals. And I knew that it felt crazy and I knew that it felt wrong. And I was scared to ever share it with anybody because I didn't want anybody just to perceive me as crazy. So what separation anxiety from? My mother, only my mother. During like the day, going to school. Right. And if she, if she said she was going to be home at a certain time and she wasn't, I'd be waiting by the window crying. Always. From what I can remember. I know your mom's here right now and she has like a sweet pout on her face when you say that. It's really, it it must be really sad to hear. And, um, now that I have a daughter, I, I I imagine I, I can really relate now. Like I wouldn't want her to feel pain or remember pain, but it's nothing that she could have done because I wasn't talking about it. And what, when you say rituals, what were your rituals? The tiles on the floor, putting things in drawers, how things um, were piled on top of each other, what felt right, all those kinds of um, rituals that make you feel like you're in control of the world around you. Um, when you feel out of control, the uh, volume levels on the uh, CD player. Um, when did any, when did, Either you noticed that it was something out of the norm or did someone, did your mother notice that someone noticed for, like, when did it become what I, like, I started spoken about, talking I about my, I, I would feel like I was fainting and this is, um, maybe part of the OCD, but also an offshoot, maybe just anxiety and panic. It's when it, I first, I only started talking about anything that I was dealing with. I think when I started getting really dizzy in school, in middle school, all the fluorescent lights would, would affect me and make me panic and my heart would beat really fast and I would almost faint. And it would just be this extreme fear that I, I didn't recognize, I didn't understand, and I made my mom take me to the pediatrician. And I, I said to him, I'm neurotic. And he looked at my mom with, a judgmental kind of um, disdain. And uh, he was like, where'd she learn that word? Something like that. And it was, she, I guess she blamed on my dad because he is really neurotic. I think that's where I got all of my anxiety from. Does I mean, he have anxiety? Yeah, I think I, I'm, it's safe to say that he definitely is a very anxious person. And I, I can see now as an adult, I can, I see how his behaviors have affected that. And I don't, I don't blame him, but I, it's all, it, and it, but it makes sense to me why I am the way I am, part, partly why I am the way I am. Other, you know, it's also probably hereditary. 
it's genetically, you know, I'm predisposed to being kind of high energy or, you know, on that kind of level. Um, Oh, so your brain works at an absurdly fast pace. I mean, I know you well enough to say that. So, yeah, absolutely. And I have a hard time listening sometimes and I have a hard time expressing myself sometimes. And I, I'm, I'm quick to act, much less so now. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impulsive. And, but, that, but that all happened. I mean, it's, it's interesting that I was able to talk about it when I was in middle school. That, I'm, like, I never put the... The pieces, pieces together. together yeah. But you were still young. Like the fact that right. you were already far enough ahead to be able to talk about it is amazing, but you were still young. How would you put all those pieces together? And also at a, a pediatrician looking at a kid, um, you know, an 11 year old kid, you know, like, I don't see anything wrong with you. You feel dizzy. Make sure you drink water. Right. You know, keep me posted about how you feel. And then I feel silly. So it's like an ego thing too. And you're just learning a lot. I mean, it's Did it ever freak you stuff. out? Were you ever nervous there was something bigger wrong with you? Like, were you ever like, what's wrong with me? Yes, especially when more fears would 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 um, inter- be introduced because of some, some movie I watched or something I read or something a friend told me. Just ridiculous fears that you, but that I now understand to be um, obsessions from, you know, that are, that's just, part of OCD. So all the pieces fit now, but man, if I could go back, that's why I like to talk about it for especially younger, the younger generations, that it's really important to not feel like you're crazy, to not feel like you're alone and to talk about it because then the more you know, the more normal you feel also. And then it's just part of who you are. Exactly. We're all built very differently. And versus you felt like you weren't built correctly, right? right? You were just like, what is happening? Exactly. Just such a sad feeling for a child. Such a bummer. It is such a bummer. It gets do in you, the way. Do you, it totally gets in the way. But you were acting. Do you feel like you channeled that into, like, does does one have anything so. to do with another? Like Totally. I think my sensitivity works so well for me as an actor. Yeah. I feel like my therapist has reminded me that it's, it's something that I um, really need to become friends with and I think I have appreciate yeah and that that goes with every feeling and every fear it's like you just the dragon is always going to be there um like the dragon your pet but it's true because it's I mean we all have something and we're all none of us are perfect and I think the beauty is when you can learn to look at your whole self and I say whole with emphasis and love it all right and know like it makes you who you are as long I mean as long as you keep exploring what that is, what makes you you. Well, it's constantly changing. Uh, yeah, and there's so many people that are afraid to look inwards. I'm, um, there's so many. But what's interesting, you were looking inwards so young. I mean, that's what's yeah. so amazing about it. Like, again, you didn't understand the pieces. You weren't old enough to fully be able to process it or analyze it. But you were looking inwards, which I do think is, I mean, when we first met, one of the things, I, you were so a thinker, and I loved that about you. From the minute I met you, you were always like a philosophizer and a thinker and an analyzer. Um, which is why I said I've always known you. Your brain works very fast. But I think it's it's such an incredible skill set, but probably a very overwhelming one as a child. Yeah. I mean, to not know what which feelings and thoughts to trust and let go of, you just take everything so seriously. Because they're all feelings. Yes. You feel it and you're like, what? Um, and why? But you don't have the tools to figure out why. So talk about today then, and then there's nothing I want to go back to about you talking about your childhood, but 
how do you decipher now the difference of like anxiety for you when it's like, how do you label it separately? Um, how do you know which feelings to trust? I, oh, good question. Um, I know if I'm feeling emotional that there's something real going on and I need to kind of retrace my steps to see where it started. Um, I know when I feel scared, I don't really take it seriously. It's like fear, I don't take it seriously as sadness. Interesting. Um, because fear is where I go immediately when I'm uncomfortable. And that's just a flight or flight. That's just a mechanism. It's just a habit. And it's not never helpful. It's never helpful. Do you remember the last thing you had fear for? Um, well, I mean, I have fear of death all the time. Trying to um, read, read, read on that. Try to um, figure out a way to to, I don't know, um, deal with it. Of your own? Just everything, death of everything. But the, the last thing I feared... Um, but it's fascinating because you are someone who you take in a million animal. You're a caretaker at the same time. Yeah. So it's interesting that you have a fear of losing things or things dying, but yet you take them in and take care of them knowing, like the practical side of you knows that's an eventual Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. It. I always look at you and I'm like, I think... How do you do this? You, you do have the same more thing. animals. I know. We're now very I, similar that way. But dogs that you're so close to because you have them in your home and I have all these animals outside and I see them every once in a while. But you are used to it. You are used to saying goodbye and you are more accepting of life. Right. And mortality. And it's and it, and I want that for myself. The Gladys thing was hard. She was hanging because she had a really weird set of... Um, uh, horns. horns really weird they were so close to her head so she that was a weird accident and I did not deal well with that in fact I hardly knew her she was new she was like we had had her for like three months doesn't matter we that's like exactly. when we lost Winston after three months it still right you. he came with the other dog right yeah I, but yeah you they come into your 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 space your loving space your home and you take them in and you love them and you give them everything they need and then they die. And it's just, it's farms, especially, you know, this is teaching me, uh, the baby's going to have a lot easier time with this. Um, cause she has, she's gonna have animals from, you know, from being born. But, um, last week we were home and we walked in, Tommy and I were opening the chickens for the day and there was a dead chicken and he's like, Oh, you're not going to want to see this. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I saw, and she was dead. And I was like, okay. That's huge. It was a chicken. I hadn't, I wasn't as You connected. hadn't bonded. I wasn't as connected. I've known her longer than the, every other animal. But I wasn't as connected to her. Um, and I'm not biased. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I am. I'm not racist. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, spe a species. A species? What would it be? I don't know. I forget. Anyone know? But I'm, I'm but I, def I am biased here. I <laughs> I would prefer you know if to spend a day with horses over chickens. But I'm grateful for them. I love them. I I I did a better job. I was away from Finn for ten weeks, which is insane. Insane. How was that reunion? So Finn's her dog. That's basically like he, he's my connected kid. to you. Yeah. Um, things are different now. I was okay being away from him. I actually thought, oh my god, when he dies, 
I think I might be able to survive. <laughs> That's insane because he's a dog, but you're not allowed. I've people never think like that all the time. felt that way. Oh, okay. I think I'm confident that I can survive. So it goes back to a lot of, okay, so now you're feeling calmness. You're a mom. Yeah. And do you think part of it is, I mean, you were saying like, you feel like you learned a lot of this from your dad and, and again, not his fault. He had his own team. I mean, everyone has their own demons and everyone has their own things, but do you feel like there's something subconscious in you trying to make like set a different pattern for her? Oh yeah. It's so, so conscious. It's just, it's like right I, there. I actually started seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist. I, I'm in and out of that every once in a while. You, you kind of want to, I don't know, um, d- dive back in. And I started seeing somebody here in LA in October because I was pregnant and I'm like, all right, I have some, I have some issues. I have a lot of things I need to work on. Um, related to my OCD and my obsession with Finn is one of them. <laughs> my, my control, my need to, to control certain things that I just can't control in that respect. Um, I need to work on that because I'm going to bring a child into this world and I don't want it to affect her. Um, because like you're so aware is amazing. Yeah, that's thank, thank God. And so that was the well, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm that controlling, right? Mom's in the background scoffing, just so I mean, everybody knows. She, uh, she's passed from person to person, and I'll no. I mean, I have to say, so far now, you didn't seem like I was totally like obsessed with her and hugging her, and telling you didn't seem like concerned, like if I was holding her right or doing this, or she doesn't like that. Which we have, yeah. I, trust me, I'm around enough I, moms, yeah, and that it's like, no, she doesn't like when you do that. She doesn't like, you know, and you weren't like that at all. Maybe so it's just because she's so easy. But, she is very easy, but but I don't like. I trust people and. I, my mom and I sometimes disagree about things. Like today we were driving over and she was, she covered her because we don't have, the Tesla doesn't have one of those um, extra things on the window to keep the sun out. And just hilarious since it has everything. I mean, it's like a living room, a kitchen, a computer. Not good for a baby in the backseat. That's for sure. I'm still trying to figure out what to do. I'll probably just have to get it tinted. But I was just put on her glasses. And she was like, oh, no, no. And I was like, I'm her mother. Put on her glasses. <laughs> so that's, I think that's what you mean. But that's very normal. Like, I mean, I feel like the like old age, like fighting is like mom wants to do it one way. New mom wants to do it another way. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong right. or if there even is a right or wrong. And then it's just, that's normal. Right. I remember my mom and I went through that too when she came to visit the first time. And I was and she was like, Really? You're doing that? I'm like, but this is why. And she's like, okay, and she just did it. You know, but that's just how it is. I learned so much the way you parent from the way you parent. You mean when I was like <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm gonna no, I'm I'm like the potty training thing, just the way she is, the way you speak to her. Oh. And how rigid you're not. I'm weirdly it's funny, uh, yeah. I'm very strict in some ways, and in other ways, I'm like not rigid. Well, that's at all. the thing. You, you have to be strict in, in certain ways. You they need the structure. I get that, but um, but it's it feels it, it feels natural as opposed to what I I see a lot of, which is just a rigidity mm-hmm. that I I don't know how the kid can even. I, I, I don't I don't know how, how that can be a positive thing in the end. Well, I find a lot of people, this is interesting because it's about philosophy. I find a lot of people subscribe to like philosophies and they don't even know necessarily why. Like mm-hmm. for them, it's just like, oh, I'm studying blank, whatever right. method. And then they parent their child everything that philosophy it's says. A, yeah, it's a But template. it's like not it coming from 
them. It's not coming from the parent they are or the human being they and are. The instincts that they're and no instinct. Have, there's right. zero instinct, and also it doesn't necessarily mean that's a thousand percent correct for your child either. So there's no actual looking at your child, understanding who your child is, right. and understanding who you are and what that combination is, and it just becomes just trying to stick to doing something away because someone told you that's what you're supposed to do. Right. That's what I always find fascinating. That to me feels very rigid. That's it's like, what I was afraid I would do in terms of certain methods of, of, of child rearing. I, I, I read a lot of the books. I mean, the baby wise thing was the first on my list because a lot of my friends do it. And that's, it's, that's not super rigid, but, um, but it's also like, take, take what you like from each thing and then, and then use your instincts. And it's like a, just go with the flow. flow. If you, on top of whatever I, you know, on top of whatever, schedule quote-unquote schedule you know you're comfortable with um but I I think it's really just at the end of the day for people that are afraid that they're not that they can't do it on their own it's just like a safety thing like follow this template and you will get it right and and that's just not how parenting works you see what's so amazing about listening to you talk like this to bring it all full circle I mean you're so raw and open about your OCD and your anxiety but it's interesting when you're talking now there's nothing controlling about what you just said if anything you're like just go with the you literally said go with the flow let it just be So it is fascinating what I think, and I do want to talk about when spirituality kind of entered your life, Um, but you've obviously not only evolved as a human, but obviously motherhood is really... It's good on me. It's really good for you. I will say the breastfeeding thing, so not go with the flow. Uh, And by the way, breastfeeding is not for, I mean, I have a specific, my specific opinion is not everybody, people should just do what's right for them is my specific opinion. I find people get a little too rigid within that too. It's it's, it's like a competition with your body. It's like, it has so, it's for me, it's, and for a lot of people I've, I've spoken to, it is so not about the baby and so about, uh, levels of guilt, shame, um, responsibility, um, control. Mine is the control thing. I why isn't it working? Why isn't it eating or, or, more? Why or is I it... can't stop. I want to stop so bad, but I can't. I can't because I make this amount, and if I don't make this amount at this time, I'm failing myself. And it's you so are not alone. Stupid. That's my problem with it, which I've said to people. I'm like, if you're enjoying the process and it's working for both of you, then by all means, of course. But I see so many women go down that rabbit hole. If I'm like, you're not doing it for your kid. It has nothing to do with your kid. You're doing it because it makes you feel like a better mom, mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're doing something better for your child, makes you feel better than maybe subconsciously better than another mom who right. only did it for X. I go versus it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. ultimately, especially we're so lucky. We all live in like an amazing society you know we're not a third world country the formula is amazing we're very fortunate that way our children it's our children and in the in the in the circles we live in are not going to starve because 10,000 people would notice it before it happened so it's I find there's this weird pressure for women to do that too and I think it's sad I know and it ruins some of like motherhood for some people because they're so miserable but they refuse to stop doing it but if it's great for you do it I'm all for it yeah if you're having a great time fantastic I mean there I'm I just started weaning (laughs) I love it I love we're talking babies and mommy stuff this is good but it's just and are you depressed about it a little bit? I'm not depressed about that. I'm just depressed that I'm my hormones are in flux again. And my skin is not clear anymore. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a... I was shooting Mamma Mia too, and I was breastfeeding exactly the same amount every day. Morning and night, it worked perfectly in my schedule. It was amazing. My hair got thick again. My nails <laughs> were thick again. I didn't have to worry about a pimple. 
they just put on my makeup and it was just, I felt so clean. And I mean, it is hard being a woman. It's, it's, that's what it is. I mean, I have a group, a bunch of group chains and, and one of them is with my two girlfriends from the original Mamma Mia who are still my best friends. And they had three C-sections between the two of them and they were just feeling really insecure and about their bodies. And I was like, we don't own our bodies anymore, but how amazing and how important is our role? And, you know, we would never take it back. We have these beautiful children and it's a beautiful thing, but it's, it's hard when you look in the mirror and you're like, that's not my body anymore. Especially when you work in a business where so much of it was about that. I mean, so it's also, you're trained where like every day is about making sure you look good and like feel a certain way. So that makes it even harder on top of it. Yeah. Really hard. When it's, when do you feel like, so you were kind of in your mind spinning out of control a little bit when you were a kid. Um, you had success though. And when do you feel like you started looking for help or answers and in what form did they come in? When I was 19, I, I got, um, connected with a psychiatrist in Santa Monica and he gave me an OCD checklist and I was like, Oh my God, that's me. That's me. (laughs) Did that feel relieving? It was one of the best moments of my entire life. That's amazing. In his office, I think his name, my God, I actually just remembered his name. For the first time since I was 20. Um, yeah, he, he was so helpful. And I had had a panic attack on the freeway when I was driving to, to Big Love up in Santa Clarita. And I thought I was going insane. My mom had to move out for, she, she moved out for like 90 days, which is crazy. She took a sabbatical for me. Um, and it was the hardest time of my life, one of the hardest times. But that's when I... I started medication and I've been on it ever since and I go up and down a little bit I mean I'm on a pretty low dose but I I think it if you you know when you need it it's very 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 clear when you start taking it that that it's a it's going to be your friend or it's not going to be when did you start meditating when I after I met Alan Arkin we did a movie together at the beginning of 2015 and she and he and his uh, wife Suzanne are um, they I think they do it in the morning and night an hour each time and they're just lovely 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 people and I was really inspired by that and so I started meditating and then I had a really hard year it was like the worst the best and worst year of my life very big year I was 29 so it was like Saturn returns I'm sure on full blast and. I continued meditating and on my own and hiking, listening to Pema Chodron. And I mean, I was just listening to her on my hike before I came. Like I, she's unbelievable and Tara Brock. And, um, and then I, and then you opened your studio and we, I saw you at this Christmas party and you were like, I'm opening a meditation studio. And I went and it was another, that was a, I was going through, I was going through it. You were going through it. It was a tough time. It was so funny though. I needed it. And, and I, I remember Chandresh's first, that on the 16th when he had that workshop. So before we officially opened, we did like a book launch for one of our teachers who's incredible, Chandresh. And Amanda came with three, three generations. It was you, mm-hmm. your mom and your grandmother all came for this book launch two weeks before we actually opened our, you were like literally one of the first people yeah. to walk through those doors. I'm so grateful for that. 
I just kept coming. And but that meditation that, that night, I was, you know, when you see colors or you feel colors, I don't know what, what happens really. It's hard to explain, but. I'll talk about it because one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do you remember like a meditation that changed you or meditation that like was almost like, you know, just uh, you remembered as being, is this one of them? Like it's that just... was, that was the first one that, I mean, that was the first guided one I had done in person because I like that insight time. Right. But it was the first experience I had. And I think it had a lot to do with the people in the room and what people were going through and just where I was at. It just, a, it was a, beautiful mess. Um, and I, I remember feeling like I just needed to trust the universe. I walked out of there feeling very heavy, um, not burdened, just heavy. And I just felt like I, I needed to sit back a little bit. Was there a comfort in it? Yeah, big time. It was really important that night. And I've, I've had a, a a series, I had a series of them with his class. And, you know, when you're open to that and, and you shouldn't, should or shouldn't, that's a, those are the words I don't ever want to use, but meditation isn't just for heartbreak, heartache, pain, sadness, um, guilt. It's for every, every single experience in your life, everything it's for nothing. It's for everything. It's, um, it's really important to, to do it as much as you can and um, not just when you're in a negative place. And it, it's, it's, it's better even when you're in a positive place. But I, but I definitely was in a negative space when I started meditating that year before. And it's only helped me out. I will say I, I know a lot of people that say like meditation was really there for them. You know what I mean? As if it's like a person. Right. I mean, we get it a lot here too. It, sometimes it is the impetus for people to start. They're going whether it's like a loss or a breakup or just something emotional or changing careers or don't know where they're at. Whatever it is, they're 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 in need of comfort um, or answers, and they come. And it really is amazing how it's changed people. But I mean, you just said something so beautiful where you're like, meditation is everything and nothing. I think is what you said. And it's yeah. it's so pretty that you're like, it just shouldn't be. It can also be an amazing friend to you when you're going through great stuff too. Right, because it makes you feel that there's purpose. And it's really just about ourselves. I mean, you can't control how someone feels about you or what they say to you or what the world um, has to offer. It's, it's, you have to kind of try to be friends with yourself. And that's when there's so much going on, so many horrible distractions um, coming into play in your day-to-day and in your heart, it's like it's it feels impossible. But once you get there, once you start opening that door, you can. Bec- it, it, that's really what can heal you. When you you can't fix your father, you can't fix your best friend, you can't fix the world. Um, you, but but you can start from within. And I know everybody says it, but it's true. And meditation get, helps you get there. Well, like you said, you can become friends with yourself. It's, and it's yeah. interesting. You're, look, you work in a business that's tough, like you, especially you, because you have so much fame. You can open a magazine any day and you don't know what's going to be in there. Like there can be times where there's shit in there. They're like, what? That's not yeah. true. How did that? And I mean, so it is fascinating. Like you do have to be friends with yourself because you yeah. have to know who you are amongst anything that could be said, gossip, talked about, breakups that are talked to. I mean, it's like nothing yeah. is private. It's true. 
which is so hard. So, I mean, it's also separating yourself from all that too. It's really much easier to do for me now. So when you feel like you, you know, you say when you were a kid, you were anxious and, and OCD and like neurotic is the word you use to your doctor. Do you feel like that's how, if you like at that age, you would have described yourself? Like, are there other adjectives? Would it have been like fun or adventurous or, I mean, cause you are, look, the things I would say about you is you're a seeker. You've been, you've, and I think you've always been a seeker. I think that's probably part of what freaked you yeah, out a I little like bit. That. I like that word. <laughs> you yes. have been a seeker. Yeah. Um, you're an amazing friend. You're loyal. Yes. You're Loyal, for sure. You're very loyal. You're so honest, which I, I mean, I love. Like, you're always really honest. Um, it's very kind. So how would you how would you define yourself now? Like, how much of it do you feel like is defined within kind of those struggles? And how much do you feel like you define it differently? I think because I was always so scared, I just wanted to find connections in any way possible. And I think I've learned how to fulfill that and, 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 and create these connections that are, that are pure. Um, because we, I don't even know if this is the answer, but we in our lives are trying to always connect with somebody in some way. And we become desperate that we connect in a way that's inappropriate or unhelpful or harmful and it doesn't have any, at the end of the day, doesn't have any weight to it. And now I know I'm like, I feel like I've become very educated in connecting with the right people for me. How do you think that happened? Because that's actually huge and really important. I think it's a good thing to talk about because I think so many people, I think you're right. We're all craving connection, whether we admit it or not. Yeah. And people make a lot of wrong connections just to fulfill that emptiness. Right. So how do you what would you say, like what changed for you that you felt like you started knowing the right connections for you? I started recognizing that there was something lacking and I've always felt like uncomfortable. I was always uncomfortable for some reason and feeling like I I wasn't giving enough of myself. And I always felt burdened by plans and, and people needing certain things. And I, I, I felt like I was giving too much of myself and in the, the wrong parts of myself. And I felt like I was being taken advantage of all that stuff, all that muddy stuff that at the end of the day, when you p- take it apart through therapy, meditation, reading, you take <laughs> it apart and you're like, oh, that's not real. That person wants to have coffee with me because they want to get some information about somebody else. Like this is all in my early 20s. I just was making the wrong connections or, or this person wants to hang out with me because um, because they, they want to go out and get drunk with somebody or this person, or I want to hang out with this person because they shower me with compliments or it's, 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 you have to kind of, you have to figure out what's real and what isn't and what makes you feel good and what doesn't. It really comes down to what makes you feel good. And I was always uncomfortable. It's like, why am I hanging out with that person? That person is fucking crazy. (laughs) That person. I feel like we've all said that Only calls me when she's crying about something and she knows I'm going to be there for her because I will run. And, and I don't do that. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of acquaintances. I have good friends and, um, don't hang out with people with anybody. I don't want to hang out with. I just, I don't, I mean, when I come to LA, I just, I, I, I make sure that I see, um, certain amount of people. I, I don't overextend myself as much as I used to. Um, 
That's amazing because that's that's a lot of self care. Do you feel like you're do you do that sometimes? Oh, and you're for like, sure. Especially as like a business owner, no, I mean, I, you do have a lot of. I overextend, you have to do. and I don't, and it's true, and I notice it too. I'm like, oh god, if I could just simplify. And I'm not even a business owner, and I'm still like, I mean, there are things that I want to do. I think, but you are in a weird. You, you are your own business, right? That's true. I mean, you are, but I don't feel like I ha- I, I hang out with anybody for business purposes. Like, like when we go on our double dates, it's not. We're never talking business. Even if we ever did do something in terms of business, it would be because it would be because we're friends. And like Dr. Berlin invited us to have Shabbat dinner with them at some point in December. I don't know if I can this month, but like I would, I would love to hang out with him just because he's an amazing chiropractor and he's How many funny. Kids and, does he have now? Five? Um, seventeen. I mean, it's like four. <laughs> but like, it's just like certain people. I I definitely want to make plans with like our friend Sloan. You know, it's just. I don't feel overextended. I have a lot of plans now, but I don't feel... You want to do that. Like, I truly think these people are are so wonderful. But look, but it's and they know me. And they know you and they love you. And I know you said it seems simple. And yes, inherently it is simple. Like, I just want to be with people who let me be me. But most people don't know, A, who they are enough. First, you have to know who you are. So it's actually more complicated. Right. You actually have to know who you are, for good or for bad, in order to even start that equation. Yeah. And then once you know who you are, then you have to be strong enough to be okay with some people not liking that and mm-hmm. not welcoming those people in your life and figuring out the people who do. So it's actually more complicated, even right. though it is simple. And I just married friends of mine and that was, and I I literally kept at, like talking to them to try, I wanted to know more about like why. And, you know, they've been together a long time. And the thing that kept coming up for them, which I loved, of what they expected for marriage, what they wanted from their partner, what is a part of the re- is I want to feel safe. I want to feel loved. I want to know I can be me no matter what. And that person is going to love me. So it is at the core of like, I think what makes everyone happy, but it's clearly not easy to attain. Otherwise we'd all be walking around right. like little tweeting birds happy all the fucking time. So it's hard. It's actually complicated. And I do think part of it is the struggle of knowing who you are and liking who you are. Right. Which it and sounds like you you did a whole full circle to get there, to accept like all these different aspects of yourself. Right. And also the partner I chose was somebody who I trusted that would be there in you know, unconditionally. And I I I haven't had that in since I was I haven't had that since I was like nineteen. So finding that again in my in this new place that I'm at was really the final piece of the puzzle. I mean, you obviously we don't need partners, but when we want to partner with somebody, it's ideal to have somebody that you trust implicitly and that sees you and that's at the core. And um, that was important too. Sees you, knows you, and loves you And I you wouldn't have it. met him, and I, I wouldn't have met him and we wouldn't have ended up together if I wasn't where I was and he wasn't where he was. Of course. And you guys did a play together, correct? Yeah. Which is always crazy. It's like me. Well, that, that was so weird. I mean, <laughs> we had partners too. And we were just like, God, we need to be friends forever. Like, we, we can never let each other go. There was just can't. that instant thing yeah. of like, you have to be in my life. Yeah, he was he was talking about me with everybody. And he's like, oh, she's just amazing. She's, she's, she's so brave. And he made me feel so brave. I remember saying to him, you're going to be the most amazing dad one day. And he's oh. like, that's so nice of you. Thank you. I remember saying it. I was just, I felt, I knew it. And I didn't picture him as the father of my child at that point. I was just like, you're really protective and you make me feel really safe. Thank you. 
And that's what you want. Isn't it amazing sometimes when you go back to a moment that you met someone and you're like, wait, how are we here? That's crazy. Yes, we do it all the time. We you do. were we were in a we were in totally different relationships, but we were in a similar spot, I think, spiritually. And also we just connected as artists and as people. We were like, you're awesome. Do you guys meditate together? Yeah. You guys are like a highly intelligent couple, I feel like. So do you guys oh, like thanks. No, but you are. Do I feel like are you the type that He's sits smart. at home like do you guys read books and like exchange passages and like talk about stuff? Um, I listen to audiobooks. He reads books every night he reads. And um he was re- he's reading a <laughs> he's uh actually I shouldn't say, but it's a very political book and it's um it's it's about Bill Clinton. Um it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, and then he's like learning a lot about uh, Srebrenica because he's going to go next summer. Um, anyway, uh, he's so he's very political. He's, he's a huge very political smart. Activist. And like, man, I am so in awe of him. But I could not. I'm just not there. I, I listen to audiobooks, lots of memoirs. But um, but I'm also, yeah, I share passages with him. Like, I'm really into Terrence McKenna right now. Just you quote him all day long he is amazing um and i just sent him something last night i actually tweeted something last night too just he's amazing um so yeah we share that stuff all the time it's just we're so so inspired by that stuff all the time which is so nice as a couple to do that together because you're constantly growing together yeah and he he's seeking that out and i'm seeking that out and and do you feel like you're so when you started meditating how old were you then would you say 20 29 29 but do you feel like, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've remained very grounded in this industry. I mean, you live with, your, are you still live with, is she still there? You live they, with your sister. They, moved out. they just moved out. They, they bought their own house. But I mean, for a long time, you lived with your sister. I mean, Seven you had your years. baby and you still lived with your sister yep. and her husband. Your mom <laughs> moved out the minute you had your baby and and helps you out with her instead of having a nanny. Like you have your mom, which is oh, everybody's amazing. dream. And you've, I mean, and as long as I've known you too, it's like your friends aren't necessarily actors. Most of them aren't, I would say. Like yeah. you, you have friends of every industry, every type. You're very grounded. Like you can talk about anything. Um, what do you feel has helped you stay centered that way? Is it a protection mechanism of like that fear you talked about growing up? Or is it knowing who you are? Is it's, it something totally different? Knowing who I am now and knowing what's important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Not taking myself too seriously. Humility. Humility, really important. Well, you're fun that way. But I mean, the whole joke yeah. in Ted 2, you were like such a great sport about that, about the eyes. I don't know if anyone saw Ted 2, but with the eyes about Gollum, like they added that last minute and she was like, sure, go with it. I, I, mean, I mean, it was a great joke. The thing about it is also is I've, I've been, I was called many things growing up and it never really affected me for some reason. Thank God. But also my sister made fun of me all the time and it did affect me, but it also taught me not to take myself too seriously, which is I think she had a lot to do with how I see myself, um, how I saw myself. Very self-deprecating, um, very insecure in my early 20s, late teens, very, very insecure. And I think that also, I don't know, I never had anybody, I didn't I didn't have too many people around that were um, full of themselves and also um, I don't, I never really had anybody around who was delusional about what the business means, about it being the center of the universe. And I think also I'm really close to my family. You're really close to your my family. My sister would smack me if I was a brat. She's older, right? Yeah. But not by much. Two, three? Three and a half. 
doesn't feel like it. But I love that you said that. My sister would, like, you have, like, an allegiance. Like, you listen to her. Like, my sister would smack me if I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I never had a chance to take myself seriously. Also, I didn't think it was cool. I hated people who bragged. Humble brags, brags, whatever they are. They're, it's a horrible, horrible. It rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, it's my pet peeve. It's and it's, it's funny you said that because I don't think I've ever heard you. Like, there's times you should be bragging. And you're like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, I brag actually, about like, my kid. You eyes go down and you, well, she's amazing. I, I can't take a compliment. But if someone's like, beautiful, I'll be like, oh, thank you. And, I mean, I'm used to it because I have Finn. And Finn's just, everybody's always staring at him and saying how beautiful <laughs> he is. And I say thank you for some reason. But, yeah, no, I have a hard time taking my own compliments. But I realize it's important, too, because that's actually disrespecting the person who's complimenting you. So I'm learning a lot about that, too. You can go too far on the other side and just right. be a boring, self-deprecating person. And then there's also that fake self-deprecation that um, I've experienced um, in the past. And it's uh, it's all just a show. It's all a ruse to get people to like you and be comfortable with you and I don't know what do you feel like your biggest struggle is still like today from as far as you've come what's your intern like the thing that keeps coming is it OCD or is there something is it like getting to know what do you feel like we all have it we all have that thing that's like we know just comes Achilles up heel. And, and, yes our Achilles heel no matter how much we work on it and we're aware of it it's like our our one thing I still have a I struggle with making people comfortable trying to make people comfortable I struggle with speaking my mind when it's something negative or something that can be hurtful to somebody. Meaning you keep quiet? Yeah. I really struggle. I could never um, speak up if it's if I feel like somebody will think I'm an asshole. So it's about wanting people to like you? Yep. Not feeling safe if people don't like me. That's interesting. And do you feel like, was that, oh, it... Or if people are unnerved by me. I mean, they don't have to like me or ca- they don't have to care about me. But if they don't like me, if they dislike me, I have a problem with that. I don't feel safe. Have you ever had like a work environment where you knew someone didn't like you? You're like, no, no I would never let that happen. <laughs> I, not that I know of. Oh, God. No, because um, it, is, it is hard. I, but I look at other people who are assholes and treat people terribly on sets and I'm like, God. How do they do it? How do they walk away? How do they walk away knowing that they just hurt someone's feelings? They don't care. It's crazy. It's like a power thing, I think. In that regard, I think it's power. Like by hurting someone's feelings, they knew they had the power to do so. Right. But how broken do you need to be oh, to, to be full, uh, to, to feel some sense of um, satisfaction? Yeah. It's so sad. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean that brings us full circle. It's like Harvey Weinstein. It's, oh it's the whole thing. I mean, Boy. That it's not like before any of this came out that man was terribly liked. Right. He didn't care. Nobody I mean, a lot of people just don't care. And they still get they still work a lot. And I've I just have a hard time when I when I've heard that a peer of mine has been has a bad reputation or is, is disrespectful or unprofessional, I judge I prejudge them and I'm like, Well, that's not fair, but at the same time, I mean, they have a reputation for a reason and, and I don't want to work with somebody like that. Right. But that's like what I, I mean, that's what I've always liked about you. Like you're a good person. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You're that's a another thing person. that makes me feel calm because I know I am. Like when certain situations in my life where it, it isn't all roses um, with certain circumstances, um, certain people, 
I, I feel like I know I'm a good person. I know I've, I've done my due diligence. I, I know I didn't fuck up. Um, so I can sleep at night and that makes me feel calm. That, that helps me too. Cause I've been in situations too, where like you're either being accused of certain things oh. and, and there's like, and you have to, at some point just be like, I can't control what people are going to think. Yes. I can't change what's been said. I can't make that, that other person believe me versus them. So exactly. I can sleep at night knowing yeah. I know what I know. And at the end it. of the day, it's about just being able to have a clear conscience and, and, uh, that goes a long way. But that's interesting because that goes a little bit because you're saying you still struggle with wanting people to like you and to feel a certain. So it's interesting because those go a little bit ag- against each I other. Know. Of like, it doesn't make sense. When are you to gonna? Me. When is just being able to know you're a good person gonna be enough? I mean, that's part of growth. I mean, that's what we're all doing here all the time. But that's yeah. interesting. That's still your your battle. And it's funny, like with my in laws, I I just my priority was to make sure they're happy, make sure they're comfortable, make sure they're smiling, make sure they're, they're just want to, they want to be here or they want to be with us. And, and, and it really, really is causes tension, um, that isn't welcome. It's like, they can take care of themselves. They're not expecting me to take care of them. Why am I projecting that on them or whoever? And just take care of you. Be kind, be respectful and listen and, and and be present, but but that's it. Like that's your job. But it's funny. It's that's, like your weakness. Actually, I'm sure some people love it. I mean, because you're actually like I would think my in laws would be very excited if I took that attitude a little bit more, taking care of them. <laughs> I think I think I I just need a few more years and I I'll get I'll get in the, the flow and then we'll all like yeah know each other so well. But maybe that's just. It's just the beginning for me. Let's talk about because you're and then and then we can wrap it up. But let's talk about the day you guys got. I mean, I, I saw you the morning you got married, which I love. You're like, oh, we're going to get married this afternoon. <laughs> I was like, wow. And talk about the choice of you two doing it alone. And it is a big choice because, again, you live with your sister and brother-in-law. Your mom had already moved out she here. She just got yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom had already moved out. So it's like your your family's all here. So it's not like, oh, we don't want to bother anyone. We're keeping it small. So talk about like you two literally went by yourselves with Finn, correct? Finn was yep. there, of course, um, and got married. Yeah. Because once you open the door to one person, then someone else is going to be hurt that they weren't there. It just... And it was, it's not about anybody else. And I love the big wedding. I think it's awesome. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that down the road when she's, like, walking uh, or she can officiate it even, uh, the baby. <laughs> Mama, dada? <laughs> I do. Um, but it'll just be a ceremony. It doesn't have to be. I mean, we're married, so we don't need to actually get married again. But it would be nice to have a ceremony. I love the idea of family and friends gathering around to celebrate your love. Beautiful. Amazing. I'm not – shitting on weddings I just think at this point he's been married before I'm uh a week out from giving birth give or take and we just want we just wanted we just wanted it to happen before we had the baby because I wanted to be able to call him my husband and it just felt like it felt like the perfect time it's really random but but it was the perfect, right? It was the perfect time. It was so nice. It was just for us. We were just, it was, there were two strangers there, this wonderful woman, um, and in Topanga Canyon and, and, and her husband who, who so sweet, it was so sweet of me. He took pictures with my, with my camera and 
and then Finn. And it was just magic because we were there for an hour and and it was just us. We were talking to each other. I mean, there weren't even we didn't even have vows. We just stared at each other and, and it was really emotional and cool and it was it was exactly it was exactly as it should have been. So I'm really excited. You guys have a really beautiful relationship. It really is. A, and beautiful friendship, too, which is really nice. Yeah. Like you said, he really gets you. He, he does, and he trusts me, and I trust him. And it's a journey. It's a journey. It's not a race. And um, it, you know what? You know what? A friend of mine recently, a um, very wise man, mentioned that it's like a continuum. And ever since he said that, I'm like, yeah. It like, is. Tommy and I are in the continuum. Because you never reach a goal. It's not like you never, no, there's, there's no, no goal, goal to reach. Exactly. I mean, so it is, that's actually a great way to you put it. You go through ebbs and flows. You fight, you cry, you 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 have all, all this passion and, and then you're away from each other and you have all these moments, all these circumstances and all these things that you need to struggle with um, to get to the other side of it. But you always get to the other side because you trust that that person is going to go through it with you. Yeah. And that's what I had been missing this whole time. I never trusted that I was going to, Get to the get to the other side of a struggle with the people that I was with. What advice would you give? I mean, you've been through so much, which is pretty amazing. So, what advice would you give to teenagers or even twenty year olds? Like you said, you were so insecure. I mean, you you really are very secure in who you are now. I'm not saying you're, but you really are, and that's what I love about you. You're funny. You make like you said, you're self deprecating. You're a great friend. Like, what advice would you give those people now? And just. Like, how, how do you get to the other side? Um, well, unfortunately, life sucks. <laughs> so you just have to accept that. There's going to just be some, some sucky, times. sucky times. But there's always – it's all oh, – you're always going to come out of it because feelings aren't facts. And that's the thing that you really need to take seriously. Feelings are not facts, and they change. They change like the temperature changes. It's – I wish I had known that. I wish I didn't take every feeling so seriously and had been so impulsive. Also, there are a line of people down the block feeling the way you're feeling. And um, if if you can talk about it, it, it it's going to take it, – it takes a lot of the pain away just by expressing it outwardly to somebody else. Um or to the moon, you know, just saying it out loud takes a lot of the power away from the pain of whatever you're experiencing. And also this isn't even it. Like people in their late teens, early twenties, like you have a long way to go. So why don't you just drap yourself in? Because you can't get out of it. (laughs) You just can't get out of it. Yeah. I, I, um, I would just get excited for the ride because as long as you're, if you commit to like figuring out who you are and what you want and why you feel, how you feel, when you feel it, you're going to be better for it. And everybody you meet is going to be, is going to know you better. I mean, you just cut all the bullshit. And it bullshit. is true at that age, too, that if you commit to knowing who you are, you will find your people. Yeah, you absolutely. Just do. It's your like, tribe. It's but you find your you. tribe because it's just you have to know who you are to know where to go yeah. and not be upset when it's like you're hitting up against the wall with another tribe, whatever it is. Because I do think so much of it then is you want to belong so badly when you're mm-hmm. younger. And I think the one, the more you can be aware of, like, if you're not fitting in now, don't worry. That's not forever. Exactly. Like, it's not forever. Yeah. You will and find plus, your people. the people that you're fitting in with when you're in your early 20s might not be the people that you want to hang out with in five years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know that for sure. 
But then I also have friends from when I was like me, middle school. Me too. So. I have friends from being four. I mean, I have like a handful of friends from four it's years awesome. old, which is amazing. And I'm so thankful for them. Grow with them. Yeah. And it's amazing because they're the ones that I could be telling a story about now. And they'll be like, Tali, don't you remember when you were like seven years old, you said blank. And it's funny. It's such a stupid story, but at the crux of it, it's still who I am. Like, it's exactly yeah. who I am. I'm like, there's something so comforting. And so nice. Like, what a great feeling to know have someone know you for that long and life. know that they remind you, like, oh, I still am that person. Yeah. Like, it might have changed this way and that way, but that's, I'm still react. Like, that's still my and reaction. And they're still there. And I'm still, yeah. And they're still there. They still, they still think I'm okay. It's true. I love you, and I'm so glad you, you took back. time out Thanks. of your like busy schedule because she literally just got home. She's in Croatia forever, shooting Mamma Mia too, and and I love that you even took the time to come do this because you have so much to share and so much to talk about and so much that's relatable. And there's so many people going through a lot of what you went through, and you are such a beautiful soul, very magnetic, Thanks. and people. I like to talk about it too. You should talk about it. Is that indulgent? Because I feel no, like no, I think it's therapeutic. Sort of like a therapy session, yeah. I think it's therapeutic, but not only for you. I think for a lot of other people. Look, we're in a light. You don't, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. There are people who are always struggling with anxiety or even OCD More or just so why ever. am I not okay? And they don't have the answers. And sometimes it's not about the answers. It's just about learning. Okay, take a moment, breathe. Don't yeah. let these, don't let these emotions be your label. And remember that there's more going on outside of it, which is what you talked about so beautifully. So I think it's great that you talk about it. And I'm appreciative that you were so open about and it. And I have to I have to take my own advice all the time. I have to remind myself. We all do. So I gotta go, I gotta I gotta just hear Pema every once in a while. So speaking of which, oh well, so Pema's obviously one of your go-tos. If you were gonna talk about like spiritual leaders for you that are go-tos, Pema, clearly. Pema, Tara, um, mostly Pema, my own therapist, Bonnie, <laughs> Tommy. Oh, Tommy's her husband. Tommy, my husband. I love Chandresh. Like Chandresh, who came into this podcast. He yeah, did? And, yeah. Is it Chandresh? And I've been saying Chandresh the entire time. I, I actually don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. I tend to say names incorrectly a lot. So it might be me. Chandresh. We'll find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> um, and what book? Like, what's your go-to book? Um, uh, if you could recommend I, one book for people who are, like, struggling. Uh, when things fall apart. Yeah, no, it's a great one. Yeah, I, that I, was an uh, amazing one. I took that out of the shelf. There's there's a bunch of books. Um, I I like to read a lot of AA stuff like online. Um, I like to read quotes, and I, now oh crap, I I um I have a quote. Do you want to hear it? Yes, we would this love it. This is a Terrence share. McKenna quote. Okay, ready. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond that to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold. This is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. Is that how you say it? Shamanic. Thing. Shamanic. Shaman. Yeah. This is how magic is done by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. It's incredible. I, I love that him so much. But hurling yourself into the abyss and finding out that it's a feather bed. That's yeah. amazing because we talk about that here all the time that you have to jump so often and people are terrified to take those chances and to I, know that yeah. on the other end is really what's supposed to happen. That's how I up. got here. I I jumped my I it was a huge fear of mine, not for everybody, but it was a huge fear of mine being on stage every night for eight shows a week by myself. I mean, 
practically just with somebody else, a stranger. And I jumped and I fell into a feather bed. <laughs> I feel like it's just, it's so true. And you're talking about the show, the theater show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because okay. so, she never really did theater. So that was show, a big yeah. thing. And that's where you met Tommy. And that's where I met Tommy. But just what happened before we fell in love. Like, we were working together for months. And we didn't end up, like, getting together until after you opened in March, February, March, February. And, like, really... It, it like it was really the experience of letting go that got me here. Interesting. And like That's doing what we something like do. walking through fire, that walking through the the fire that you create for yourself. Like we have these things that are just that seem like the, these daunting tasks that we want to fulfill, but we can't because we're too scared that we'll die or we'll lose ourselves. And and you you just you don't. I mean. There's certain things that you could do that you die. <laughs> no, but it is true. It's it's the the, the 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 more you're able to jump, you're you're just gonna get so much more reward. Yeah. And you, there's nothing comes without a little bit of fear. Nothing, yeah. which is interesting for you because you said like now I don't pay attention to fear, but it's different. It's like I love it. You're like I'm not letting fear stop me anymore. I mean, it's it one does. of the first things you it said. It stops me in my tracks sometimes, but then I immediately recognize what it is and how incredibly useless it is. That's incredible. Well, we should end on that because that's an amazing piece of advice. It's a beautiful quote. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you for bringing your delicious daughter here. Well, she's that very was, nice. I mean, she's the best. She's so great. So when you hear her in the background, you know she was part of this too. Yeah, she's happy to be here as well. <laughs> love you. I love you so much. Amanda is now going to lead us in her personal practice where she's going to share a quote with us that you can actually incorporate into your daily meditation. This world absolutely pure, as is, behind the fear of vulnerability, behind that, sadness, then compassion, and behind that, the vast sky. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.